What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and travel. Today's podcast is going to talk about where I stand on the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as my plans going forward and my thoughts and feelings on it. Uh, Originally, I did not post a podcast last week, and that was in an effort to take a step back and reflect. And I was going to say listen and learn, but I feel like listen and learn is the new thoughts and prayers because it's just like the PR thing to say. And I know a lot of people are listening and learning, but again, it's to me turning into the thoughts and prayers. Like, are you actually thinking about it? Are you actually praying about it? Are you actually listening? Are you actually learning? So I really don't want to use that language, but I did take a step back last week because it just felt really unnatural and out of alignment to post anything. I was going to do a podcast on dropping your ego, which I'll actually talk about in this podcast, but it just didn't make sense for me to post at that time. And so that's why I did not post last week. I want to talk about where I stand on the Black Lives Matter movement, and I 100% back this movement up. You might be hearing this and thinking, whoa, 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 Chelsea, what are you talking about? All lives matter. Why is it just black lives? Why are we focusing on this? Doesn't everyone's life matter and count, etc.? Yes, absolutely. Everyone's, everyone's life always matters. To me, this is a great analogy that I was seeing on social media because like many of you, maybe not many of you, maybe a lot of you are thinking the same thing as me. A few years ago when I heard it, I was thinking like, okay, well, don't all lives matter? Like why all of a sudden are we focusing on the black community? And then I realized it's like if you were at a breast cancer event and you knew that you know breast cancer victims were dying all the time, there was poor treatment, there was never a solution, and then someone just broke into the breast cancer event and was like, no, but all cancer matters. It's like, yes, of course all cancer matters, but specifically right now, breast cancer is getting the attention because it's the one type of cancer that hasn't been treated. Okay, that's one example I heard. A second example I heard was like you saying, no, all rainforests matter when you were talking about the the Amazon rainforest being on fire, right? So it's like, yes, we know all forests matter. That's not the point. That's I think when people are saying all lives matter, it's actually a defense mechanism because you think the attention is being taken away from you and you think opportunities are being taken away from you and you don't want to admit your own potential uh, play in this whole, this your potential role in this whole play. And once I started hearing these analogies, it just made sense. It's like any movement, any movement that happens, the attention is on it. So now is the time to amplify voices, get all the resources together, trying to really make a change. That's what any movement is about, right? I always think about the Me Too movement. I was such a, um, I was so invested in that because I am so big on women's rights and equality that I was so proud of all these victims coming forward and finally taking a stand against such a powerful man in Hollywood and hearing all their voices and and hearing how sad it was that so many people were just so scared of their careers um, falling down and and really just um, being brave, right? That's the whole point. They were being brave. They knew this could ruin my career. I could get cut from that movie. I'm going to destroy someone's life because their family is going to find out about this. That's not an easy thing to do. At the same time, we have to remember the bigger issue at hand, right? It's not about when the Me Too movement happened. It wasn't about ruining a man's life. It was like that man had already ruined a woman's life from assaulting her or taking advantage of her because of a power dynamic. So when that happened, 
everyone was talking about it, right? Everyone was talking about it at award shows, on social media, every social media account was talking about it. And if you were someone that was really backing up that movement, you were probably, imagine if all of a sudden we're all talking about it, you know, all these women are speaking up or raising money, we're donating, women are being put in leadership positions, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, a guy comes out of nowhere and is like, but guys matter too. Like, not all guys are bad. We know not all guys are bad. No one said that. There, no one is saying all uh, Black Lives Matter and not anybody else screw the world. I think that's how people are taking it that aren't understanding the language because that's how originally I can admit that's how I took it. Like, well, why doesn't my life matter? Why doesn't a Latino's life matter? Why doesn't an Asian person's life matter? They all do. The, the issue right now is like black lives are literally being filmed on camera, being murdered, and nothing is happening. It took what an entire nation, not even a nation, like 60 million people rallying around the world to get four guys arrested, that's the point that we're talking about, right? There's a ton of attention on this specific issue. So while all the attention is on it, we need to use all the resources and voices and justice that we can serve. We need to be focusing on that. And we need to admit that there is an internal bias and an internal, um, there is internal racism, whether you want to admit it or not, that has happened because of society. And that's not to say that's your fault. I heard this uh, probably three weeks ago, like, you know, everyone's racist and we just have to accept that. And I was like, I'm not racist. Like I have a black friend. I have a black best friend. I have a brown friend. And then I started realizing, yeah, I'm not outwardly racist. I'm not running around with a Confederate flag and calling people racial slurs, right? Like no one I know really is like that. Actually, I do know a few people that, you know, I would care not to associate with anymore that are outwardly racist. But we have to admit that there is an internal bias because of the societies that we grew up in, especially if you're an American society. I know I said that weird. If you're an American and you grew up here, and this is pretty true for any other country, there's just an internal bias, right? Like there's black jokes. There's people make comments in the media. People say things and you just brush it off. If you are looking at, if you go to the grocery store and you try to find a Band-Aid in your color, do you have a problem finding it? If you go to the hair aisle in the store, do you have a problem finding products for your hair? These are things that you have to realize are the bigger issues at hand, right? It's not your fault. Like you didn't create the hair products. You didn't create the band-aids. No one's saying that. Everyone's just saying white privilege is exactly that. It's a privilege that you were born with that skin and no one is asking you to change it. I think that's a big uh, misconception here too, is that everyone's thinking, oh, I shouldn't be ashamed to be white. I'm embarrassed to be white. That's not what anyone is saying. Any, everyone is saying, let's just admit that we have privilege off the bat. And I think privilege is another word that is misused in all of this. Again, I'm speaking on this because I had a lot of thoughts that I know probably a few of my listeners are having. Like, I'm not privileged. I have trauma. My parents are divorced. I was assaulted. I grew up broke. I, was, uh, I failed out of school, whatever it is. No one is discrediting that. What we're saying is that out the gate, because of the color of our skin, we've had an advantage, right? If you go to a store and you wear a hoodie and you're white, does anyone say anything? Not really. They're probably like, cool hoodie, bro. Where'd you get it? That's cute. Where'd you get it? A black person wearing a hoodie is a whole different story. And we know this. And if you cannot admit that, that's a problem. 
That is a huge problem. We have seen it in the news, in the media, a million times over and over again, how many innocent black people are killed just because of the color of their skin. And I saw a really powerful video that I I think it was at a conference of some sorts where someone was speaking and said, if if you could trade places with a black person for a year to experience what they experienced, would you? And like no one raised their hands. Like no one raised their hands. And that was so crazy because it's like, that was the admission that, yeah, there is a huge bias in society and we have to admit that. There's a really good podcast about this out right now called the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. I talk about it all the time in my social media because she talks about thought work and she's really good at explaining this from a true like logical level. It's not spiritual. It's not super opinionated. It's like, this is how our brain works. She gets into neuro-linguistics um, and how our brain operates. So if you're looking at this thinking, well, you know, Chelsea is just talking from her own opinions and experiences or whatever, I would encourage you to go listen to that specific podcast because it really breaks down what's going on. And she basically says, no matter what way you were born, you could be the nicest, kindest person on planet Earth, just of how you grew up with media and the ads and and where you shop and the brands that you consume from, that is, um, there is an internal bias there. And there's an racism that is covert, which means it's just not obvious. And that's what I was saying is I had to ask myself, am I racist? And no, I'm not out. I'm not out there like, again, screaming racial slurs or anything. I love people from all over the world. That's why I traveled abroad. That was a huge thing is like, I want to be able to experience other cultures and eat different food and talk to people that are different than me. But we all have to admit there's a little bit of a bias that happens when certain people that don't look like you, you right? If they don't look like you, it's just a, uh, there's a thought in your brain that this person is different from me and we're taught to think differently about them because of the way we grew up. So I just wanted to make that clear that it's not your fault. We're not saying you need to, you know, be embarrassed that you're white. If you're a white person listening to this, you don't need to say, oh, well, I'm not privileged. Again, I think the word privilege gets mistaken for thinking you're like grew up with a mansion and a BMW and have a trust fund. That's not what the word means. White privilege just means you have an advantage out the gate because of your skin. And if you're someone that's like, well, all lives matter, 100%. My life matters. I'm white, right? My mom's life matters. She's Latina. That's not the point. We're saying that the, the movement is not black lives matter, fuck off the rest of the world. I think that's how people are reading it. And it's just like black lives matter. Also, just think of the word matter. All they're trying to say is black lives matter. Like they exist. Can we acknowledge that? Can we acknowledge that they have been oppressed, that they're not as featured in ads, that they don't get as many opportunities, that they have to have athletic abilities to go to college? Like we have to admit that. And that's part of that's step one in if you want to make a change is admitting that. And at this point, when I think of the word racist, it's such a charged word that you're like, you get it triggers people, right? I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. At this point, in my mind, like everyone, if you grew up, especially in America, so I can only speak from living in America, but actually in Australia too, there's a huge racism issue. And in the UK, from places I visited, there are racist issues all over because of how our society was built, right? We have to admit that white people had slaves. This was not that long ago. And if you're someone that's like, oh, well, that was a million years ago, doesn't matter anymore. 
then you're blind to what's going on. That's why there's an international crisis right now. That's why there's protests all over. That's why people are up in arms because the the nations we were built on has been on oppressing black people. And that's why now everyone's like, oh, well, why now? It's the same thing for any movement. It's like now everyone's listening, right? Like the Me Too movement, I'm sure one or two people came forward before that, but no one wanted to listen. And then all of a sudden, 40 million people came forward and it was like, okay, well, now we're listening. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't realize it was this big of an issue. We have to address it, right? That's what's happening. So yeah, I'm, I am having a hard time articulating this because it's a sensitive subject and I know not everyone's going to agree with me. So maybe you're listening and you're like, I don't agree with this. And you may be listening and think this is exactly what I agree with. And what I realize is I'm doing what I feel in my heart is right. If I did not believe this and I didn't want to do something about it and I was going to fly under the radar, trust me, I would have posted a different podcast. I would have never brought this up and I would have just kept posting uh, about content that I usually post about, which is just lifestyle manifestation mindset stuff. I wouldn't have addressed this. For me, it feels right to talk about this. And here's a lesson I've learned. You will never, ever, ever make every single person in your circle happy, right? Ever, ever, ever. I'm sure people listening now, this is how I see it. There's probably four different opinions happening right now. People are listening thinking, wow, I agree with her and I'm so happy she spoke up. And maybe that's white people. Then there's probably white people listening thinking, I cannot believe Chelsea thinks this. I totally disagree and I'm going to have to unfollow her and I don't agree with this and I just can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. Now there's black people listening that might be thinking, wow, thank you finally for someone speaking up that doesn't look like us, like we need an ally. There also might be black people listening thinking this girl has no idea what she's talking about. She's white. I can't believe she's talking about this. This isn't her place, right? That's four different opinions right there. How could I possibly fit into all those scenarios? I always just think of that math equation that we all had to do in middle school that was like, how many combinations, if there's you know three red balls and two blue balls and, and five green balls, how many combinations of everything can you do? That's how I think of people's opinions. How can I possibly appease everyone when, first of all, I'm not a people pleaser to begin with, but when it comes to stuff like this, to me, there's always like at least two to three different opinions. And if someone was doing it the quote unquote right way, don't you think everyone would be modeling that person, right? Like if you're someone that's staying silent, you're staying silent because you don't want to be attacked, but you know that people are also judging you for not speaking up, right? So like you think you're not being judged by not speaking up, but people are judging you for not speaking up. So no matter which way you spin it, you are never going to please the masses. You're never going to please everybody. And Again, it's just impossible. If someone was out there pleasing every single person in the world, wouldn't you think they would exist and we would know exactly what to do and follow their blueprint? That doesn't exist because that's not how humans were built. We were built based on our own beliefs and value systems and the way our families grew up and where we live and the education we have and the jobs we have and our coworkers. There are so many influences around us. There is no way on planet Earth that you are going to please every single person and it's up to you to decide how you want to move forward. So my whole point in doing this podcast is absolutely not to lecture you. It's to talk about where I stand so you can hear my viewpoint on it, my plan moving forward, resources that I'm using and I'm learning from to, to develop my own opinions. Again, that's why I took off last week was to really reflect and realize like, what am I doing? Because 
I can admit I got on a frenzy at some point where I was just like regramming everything, reposting, repost, 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 that I actually lost sight of what I was even really fighting for. Because yes, I'm fighting for the black community, but what was the action step that I was going to take? Like I can post graphics all day long, but what is that doing? Is that changing laws? Is that helping people? Is that bringing anything to justice? And that's when I had to take a step back and be like, Chelsea, get off social media for a second. Take time to form your own opinions based on the resources you've been given and then speak on this, which is why I've taken the time, like I said, from last week to now. And by the way, when I say last week to now, I've barely scratched the surface of of looking inward, right? This is a lifelong journey now. And that's something I'm going to talk about in a second. But I want to be explicitly clear where I stand because as a podcaster and building a community and an audience, it's very important for me to talk about this because this is another uh, subject I want to bring up is I want people in my community that genuinely and generally have the same beliefs or values as me. Not everything, right? Once again, we're not going to all please each other. I'm sure people that follow, I follow a ton of people that I don't agree with everything they say, but I agree with majority of it. And I, you know, I like their values and beliefs and what they stand for. So I continue to follow them. You know, there's certain things I maybe don't agree with the way they raise their kids or live their life or how they spend their money, but that's not my life. Right. But generally, I I agree with them on those things. So it's important for me to talk about this because I want to make sure that if you're following me or consuming my content or listening to this podcast, you know where I stand. I don't want someone to be like ever confused being like, wait, I'm like, does Chelsea support this? What side is she on? Like, I'm I'm very unclear. uh, I don't know. Chelsea never talks about it. It's very important for me as someone that has a platform and a voice to discuss this. Okay, so that's why I'm bringing it up. I know a lot of people are scared to talk and speak up because of losing followers. Now, I can assure you, if you lose followers for speaking up, those are people that weren't meant to be following you anyway. You do not want a medley of people that have wildly opposing views from you and different beliefs and different systems of growing up. You want someone, you want generally people that follow, I keep saying genuinely and generally, I mean, (laughs) I need to work on my enunciation. You want people in your inner circle that you commonly have a thread with that you're like, yeah, we all, you know, on the same, um, we're on the same plane at least. But I don't want people in my circle or community or my Facebook group or listening to this podcast that like we all have 45 wildly opposing views because that, that means I don't stand for anything, right? We all know that quote, if you stand for nothing what is it now i just forgot it dear god if you stand for nothing you'll fall for everything something like that um and that's not how i want to come off i don't like when people um don't explicitly state where they stand because i see right through that i can see okay well they're not speaking up and this isn't for anyone listening this is actually more for like influencers and people of leadership positions and brands and companies when they're just like staying silent being wishy-washy and back and forth i'm like okay, they're just doing this for followers and to keep a good image. I see right through that. I want to support people and leaders and people that I buy from, etc. that are so clear on it because then I can decide that I want to support them, right? That's why businesses have codes of ethics. That's why they have values. If you guys work at any corporate job, they usually have a system of values or a, you know, a code of ethics. And it's, it's for reasons like this, so that when things happen, people can say, okay, well, I know that that company supports that because it was in their value system or it's in their code of ethics. And so when it comes to the followers and, you know, losing followers and this and that, it's like, yeah, if, 
someone unfollowed me because they disagreed, that's fine. We probably weren't going to agree at some point anyway, right? Like, what was, okay. So what, someone from my, like, college tailgate and I, we don't follow each other anymore. Someone I went to costume parties with in junior year doesn't follow me. Like, that doesn't bother me because that's not the inner circle I want to have. I do not care about followers. If you guys follow my podcast, it has 24,000 downloads. I have 350 people that follow me. And you know what? I'm obsessed with my followers and my listeners because I get the most amazing messages. I have the best feedback and I know that people are connecting with this message and that's why I do it. I don't do it to get 100,000 followers or get a check mark or get a swipe up because I know if I put in the work that stuff will come and I know that if I stay true to myself, I'll continue to attract people that are true to me in terms of their belief system. I don't know if that sentence even made sense. Again, this is this is a very hard topic to talk about articulately when it's something that you just scratch the surface on, but I wanted to make sure to talk about it. But again, it's like the only thing you're losing is fake people that you don't want in your inner circle anyway. Here's a, here's an analogy. It's like being at a party and you're hosting a party, right? And your party is your platform and you want to invite only the people you like to it, right? Okay. Those are your followers, your listeners, your audience, whatever you want to call it, your community, And it's like, wow, this is the best party ever. I have all the people I want. We're all at the same party. Like we're agreeing. We're having so much fun. We're listening to the same music. Like it's just so much fun. And this is the best party ever. And then all of a sudden, these people from high school that you didn't like just popped up at the party, like barged in with like a keg and changed the music and changed the vibe. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this is a totally different party. This is not the party I came to. That's exactly what I do not want my platform to be is like a weird mix of people that don't understand, like we're not on the same page. And when I say mix, I'm saying like of views, right? I want a mix of people following me, but at the same time that we share a common ground. So if you're someone that's not speaking up in fear of losing followers, ask yourself, is it because I'm scared of my follower count? Or am, is it because of something else? And by the way, this is going to sound harsh, but I'm, uh, unless you're like an influencer and getting sponsored, I'm confused why you would be so concerned with that. I used to work in influencer marketing. The only time people care about followers is when you are getting sponsored by a brand or a company. And also, I worked in influencer marketing and people care a lot about the engagement. So it doesn't matter if you have 400,000 followers and five people comment, you're not going to get sponsored anyway. So that's just a question to ask yourself, like, am I trying to build my following to get sponsors? And if so, don't you want your following to be the people that genuinely agree with you so that if you do get a sponsor, you're not getting comments that are so mismatched to what you talk about? So yeah, I don't know. I'm getting like on a totally different tangent here, but that's just something to think about is like, start getting honest with yourself. That's the point of the dropping ego episode I was going to talk about is our egos are so big and we hate being wrong. We hate, hate, hate being wrong. I'm the, I used to be the queen of hating being wrong. And I used to cause a lot of arguments in my relationships because I would just be like, I'm not stopping this until I get, until I'm right. And I've obviously grown up since then. My last like true relationship was something that I, I learned like, yeah, you don't always need to be right. It's not about that. However, that took a lot of work, a lot of therapy, a lot of meditation, a lot of journaling, a lot of looking inward to realize, Chelsea, you do not always need to be right. You need to drop your ego. 
So this goes back to the the whole message I'm talking about is like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to, to do something and then take it back. It's okay to speak up about something and know that people might not agree with you. It's okay to lose followers. These are all things that you're scared of because your ego is popping up, right? Your ego is getting in the way saying, don't do that. You're going to lose a hundred followers. Don't do that. You're going to, you're going to piss someone off. Don't do that. You're going to look stupid. That's your ego talking. And for the record, I would love to share this because I know people were scared of speaking up in fear of quote unquote being attacked. Here's how I look at it. When you start posting really extreme opinions, like extreme videos, extreme wildly charged opinions, that's when people start attacking because it's coming off with an aggressive tone, right? If you're posting being like, hey, what the fuck is up? What are you guys doing? Just sitting back, shut the fuck. Of course, that's like, if you were in a real life situation, that would provoke someone, right? Same thing on social media. If you post really wild, extreme, uh, one way or the other stuff, people are gonna take that as a, a being provoked and they're going to quote unquote attack you. I, I don't even like that word because I don't think it's being attacked. I think a lot of people are misusing the word attacked. Um, when people are giving you constructive criticism and having a healthy conversation, that's just trying to see different perspectives. Now, if people are saying like, shut up, go jump off a bridge, blah, 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 that's, that's being attacked. But if someone's like, hey, I actually disagree with this. Um, this doesn't make sense to me at all. That's not being attacked. That's just having a difference of opinions. And they were just, they had the balls to tell you. So for the record, the reason I wanted to say this was a lot of people have actually reached out to me saying, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for inspiring me. This has actually caused me to really look at my own bias and look inwards. And I'm not saying that to glorify myself. I'm saying that because I know a lot of people are scared to speak up in fear of getting attacked. I have not been attacked. And the two people, and there's actually three people that messaged me and they had a totally polite and direct conversation with me about parts that I, things that I was posting that I didn't agree with. And I, I'll be honest, exactly what they were. Someone said that the, one of the resources I was using was actually problematic. And apparently it's Sean King. Apparently he has a history of um, plagiarism and not giving people credit. And he has uh, issues with women and there's all this stuff. Okay, well, guess what I did? Then I stopped posting Sean King and I started doing my own research and I won't be posting about him anymore. This is the point I'm trying to make is it's okay to be wrong and change your mind and, and not freeze in fear of like, oh, I'm being attacked. I said to the person, thanks so much. I didn't realize that. I will look into this more. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Another person disagreed with me posting something about, um, what was it? Donald Trump calling protesters thugs. And we had a very healthy conversation about it. And then we ended totally fine. And then another person replied to something uh, around a post that I shared from one of my black friends. And she said, I deeply disagree with this and something, something, something. And I just said, thanks so much for sharing. I appreciate your opinion. And you know what? That takes that took my ego to take a, a side step and say, Chelsea, speak logically and factually here. And think about what this conversation is going to turn into if you start using extreme language and let your ego pop in. Because you hear the word disagree and you immediately want to jump to defend yourself, right? Like I saw the word disagree and I was like, here we go. I'm going to get in a huge argument. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And this is someone I, I genuinely love. I've worked with this person. And I was just like, Oh, thank you. Like, I, I really appreciate your opinion because I didn't look at it as an attack on me. I looked at it as, oh, this is an, another perspective to look at. 
we all have different perspectives, right? There's your perspective, my perspective, someone else's perspective, and everything is so nuanced. We're dealing with a, a subject that is, the subject in and of itself is not nuanced, but when you just start thinking of all the different things of biracial people, people that are, uh, have, they're being called people of color, but they identify as white. You know, there's so many different things that we have to consider that, of course, there's going to be people that disagree with what you're saying. If everyone agreed, there would be no protest, right? We wouldn't have any of this if everyone was on the same page. So you're always going to have people that disagree with you, but you need to be open to having a healthy conversation. So I wanted to bring that up again, not to put myself on a pedestal and say, oh my gosh, I got attention. It's so that you see, I spoke up and I was not attacked. And the people that disagreed with me, we had a healthy conversation and I was open to it and we're totally fine. I talk to these people on a daily basis. No big deal. Moving on. And I want to talk again about um, the the importance of being okay to change your mind. So I did the black square like everyone did, supporting you know black to blackout Tuesday, and I'm sure everyone saw it as actually a very detrimental thing because apparently people were using the Black Lives Matter hashtag, and that was a resource so people could find out information about protests and hotlines and you know petitions to sign. And so people were using the wrong hashtag and then people were editing it and putting Blackout Tuesday. And then we found out that Instagram already recognized it with the Black Lives Matter hashtag. So it kept it in that feed. So it was just a, it was kind of a mess, right? I'm sure if you are keeping up on this news, it was a mess and like it shouldn't have happened. Also, if you think about it now, like I thought about this after I was like, it's a little counterintuitive to announce that you're not speaking, right? Like everyone announced that we were going to take a step back to let black voices come forward. But then all of a sudden it was just a bunch of white people posting black squares in my feed. I was like, oh, I guess that was probably a little counterproductive. But the point is that I originally was like, well, I'm not taking my black square down. I already posted it. People liked it, not taking it down. And this is when I had to ask myself and my, check my ego be like, what is the problem with me taking it down and admitting I'm wrong? Like if anything it would be helpful so that people think it's okay to take it down because so many people were speaking out against it. So I just said, okay, take it down. And if you want to repost, just repost resources. So I took it down and I admitted, I said, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. I should have researched way more about what this hashtag was even about. And that's, um, that's the whole point I wanted to make about taking a step back and reflecting is we're seeing so much stuff on social media. It's so easy to react and repost and regram because you get so fired up about it. And that's exactly how I was. But with that whole black square movement, I realized, yeah, I got to take this down. The black community is speaking out saying this is really unhelpful. You guys are flooding the feed with things that we didn't need to see. And the whole point, again, was to take a step back so that black people's voices could be amplified, but then somehow all these white people's black squares were in feed. So you have to be willing to look at your ego and say, why am I so scared of being wrong here, right? Like, if anything, the way I look at it now is, like, if you kept it up and you didn't hear about it, no, if you kept it up and you heard about this and you saw how detrimental it was, like, ask yourself, why did I keep it up? why did I not listen? And that's the the whole point I'm making about talking to your ego and thinking, okay, why did I do that? And am I okay to take it down and admit that I'm wrong? No one is getting this right. I cannot stress this enough. If someone was getting this right, did, you know, spoke out perfectly in the beginning, had an amazing social media presence, said all the right things, was leading the charge, was changing systems left and right, justice is served being left and right. 
We would all be modeling that blueprint, but that's not happening because there's no blueprint. There is no blueprint for this because we are dealing with an issue that has been so long coming and is so emotionally charged and has been in our history forever that of course no one is going to have the perfect words. We're going to mess up. I'm probably sure I've said a very uh, wrong things here. I'm probably uh, using the wrong terminology and language and uh, maybe I shouldn't be speaking up, right? Like I said, there's going to be opinions about this, but it's important for me to talk about it and think and just give you my thoughts on what's going on. I also want to bring up a resource, um, a few resources actually that I've used, but something that I learned is if you're someone that's like, I just don't know where to start. This seems so overwhelming. That is exactly how I felt. I was reposting, 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 signing petitions, calling the Minneapolis um, government officials, leaving voice messages to get Derek Chauvin, whatever the fuck his name is, charged, all the other officers charged, like literally losing sleep, not doing well, calling my mom crying. And I was like, wow, is this how it's going to be every single day? Like, this is how I'm going to wake up every single day is feeling like this is, you know, exhausted, depleted, depressed, anxious, crying. And first of all, I realized like that's almost laughable compared to what the black community has had to deal with on it literally 400 plus year basis. But I realized that's when we have to go to uh, sustainable change and look at this from a sustainable level and think, how can I do my part sustainably where I will not get burnt out? I realize this is a lifelong commitment and I will do my best to take care of myself and other people. That's the commitment I had to make to myself and the questions I had to ask. So when I was like really overwhelmed and I was like, I don't even know where to start. The first thing I did was take a step back and be like, okay, maybe delete Instagram and Facebook for a few days just to reset. And again, there might be people thinking like, wow, what a privilege to just be able to delete social media. And it is probably a privilege for me, but I needed that to reset my mind and unplug so that when I came back to everything, I had a fresh, clear mind and I knew exactly what I was fighting for. By the way, if this isn't clear, I'm fighting for police reform, right? I want there to be specific trainings. There needs to be body cams on. This should be a requirement in every state. You should check if your state has that requirement. There should be mental health checks, right? These are all things that, these are the, the nitty gritty details when people are saying Black Lives Matter and this is the movement that's going on. This is what people are talking about right? We're not trying to just say, oh, all of a sudden start paying attention to black lives and now the work is done. No, no, no. We're trying to say, let's reform things. Let's bring people to justice. Why haven't the officers in Breonna Taylor's murder been charged? Why did it take an international crisis and and global uproar to get four white guys basically charged, right? These are the things that it's like, okay, well, this had to, this started with the uh, police system. I do not hate cops. Black Lives Matter does not equal fuck cops. People are getting that wrong. I have friends that have family in the cop world, in the law enforcement world. I'm really good friends with someone's husband who is an NYPD police officer. I have a friend whose brother is in the police academy. Do I hate them and think they should go to jail? No. I don't know where we lost sight of that. I don't know what is happening. Maybe it's the media. I do, I can say I'm in Australia, so I don't know what's going on in the American news right now. Maybe that's why I have a different perspective on this. But I can think that there are great, amazing cops out there and 90% of them are good, but agree that we need to have body cams on at all times. 
agree that everyone should have mental health checks, agree that they agree to a code of ethics that they will follow, right? These are things that I want to see and that doesn't equal fuck cops. I'm getting like fired up about this because it's like, again, there's so much um, charged social media, news, 24-7 going on that again, we it just clouds our judgment and we lose sight of what's really going on is like, this is what we're fighting for. We're fighting for not only police reform, but in, in the world I, I work in too with podcasting and content creation and courses is like elevating black women's voices. If you think about it, like, even myself, I had to do inventory of my own podcast. Like, why haven't I had more people of color or black women on my podcast? Why haven't I hired certain people that I could work with that have just as amazing talents? Why haven't I um, ever thought of a mentorship program? Why have I never thought of hiring coaches and um, doing courses that were led by women of color or the black community? And guess what? It was not intentional. It's just because this goes back to the whole point I was making earlier is like society, like the way you grow up is, of course, how you're going to keep growing up. If you grew up in a dominantly white neighborhood and white parents and white friends, it's only natural, like it's human nature to be attracted to the same type of person that looks like you. So, yeah, naturally, I was hiring uh, white coaches and white people to work for me and collaborating with white people. And that wasn't, I didn't do that saying like, oh, I'm going to hire this white girl and other people can just step to the side. It was just human nature to do that. And that is the work I'm doing now is to recognize, okay, yeah, why did I have that bias and how can I fix it? So if you're like, oh, well, why now? It's because I've been, I've been woken up, right? Like that's the whole point. Why now? Why this? Why, like, why are you focusing on only this? It's because I've realized how problematic that is. Like in my own life, that's something that I want to work on. So for me, um, taking inventory of the ways I've been contributing to the oppression and then figuring out what exactly I'm fighting for, that is when I started to um, feel a little bit, I don't want like to say the word better, but feel a little more confident, I guess, in speaking up. was like, it's not wrong, in my opinion, remember, this is my opinion, this is my podcast, this is what I think, it is not wrong for me to want police to have body cams on. It's not wrong for me to want police to have mental health checks. It's not wrong for me to want uh, black women to have more voices in the spiritual and wellness world, right? Like, how is that wrong? To me, that's not wrong. So why would I not speak up about that? So these are things that um, when you think about speaking up, are you speaking up just blindly to think, to be like, oh, I'm just gonna speak up because everyone's talking about it? Or are you speaking up because there are issues that you agree need to be fixed? And those are things that I realize, okay, I need to start posting resources to help the issues that I want to fix. Instead of just repost, 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 I was like, okay, well, if I want to amplify black content creators, then what do I need to do? I need to have more content creators on my platform. I need to share their stories. I need to share their work. I need to take their courses. I need to hire them. And I need to come up with a plan to be more inclusive. Now, is this going to happen overnight? Did this get figured out in a whole week? Absolutely not. And this is where my next point comes in is paying black educators to help you. So going back to the point of, oh, I don't know where to start. Well, Google is a great place, right? Google, we Google everything. So if you're still confused about where to start, I would highly suggest go to Google Go to people that are on Instagram that are speaking out about this and look for resources, but paying black educators to help you. There are people in the industry that talk about diversity, inclusion, racism, 
anti-racism, white supremacy, white fragility, white coaches, how we can work together, collaboration. There are people that specialize in all this stuff. And if you're someone that's listening to this and has ever taken an online course, then you'll resonate with this. Like there are people that teach courses about this. They have written books, they have podcasts, they write articles, right? So if you wanna learn, start there and don't be afraid to hire them to teach you. This is what they specialize in. And I wanna be clear about that because that's not something I realized, and this goes back to my white privilege, that that was even a thing. I didn't know you could hire a an anti-racist coach or a diversity and inclusion expert to help you audit your business and say, yeah, Chelsea, you know, why are there literally no women of color on your podcast? Why is your Facebook group only white women? Like these are things that people get paid to do just like you would pay a consultant to look at your social media analytics or pay a graphic designer to design your logo. There are people that exist to educate you on this stuff and you should be paying them just like you pay anyone else for their time and expertise to help you understand it. And I know this goes back to the ego thing. You're probably thinking, well, this is kind of embarrassing. Like, why would I pay someone to tell me about diversity inclusion? I'll just start including more people of color on my platform or I'll start talking about this more, whatever the case is. And there are so many layers to this. This isn't going to be fixed overnight. You're not going to fix it with one post. You're not going to fix it with one conversation with someone like this is lifelong work. And that's why you need to pay black educators to help you throughout this work. So. With all that being said, I want to talk a little bit about my plan with all of this going on. Definitely 100% include more black indigenous people of color on my podcast to share their expertise, okay? Not to talk about racism, diversity, and inclusion, okay? I'm not going to have a black person or a woman of color or someone come on here and all of a sudden talk about the importance of diversity and, and racism. So I'm going to have people on that are specifically going to speak on their expertise, whether that's digital marketing, entrepreneurship, manifestation, mindset, whatever the case is, I'm going to include more people of color. I want to evaluate any brand or speaking partnerships and see if their values align with mine. So if I want to speak on a panel or speak at a, in a Facebook group or whatever the case is, do they have a mix of different people? And I actually saw this argument on social media recently that was like, well, you know, isn't it just the best person for the job? 100%. No one is saying give people passes and just let them come up to the top. We have to admit once again that white people have an advantage though, right? Like, oh, well, shouldn't the best person get the job? It's like, yes, but there's always been a bias against people of color. So if I'm going to speak on a panel, I know for a fact, because I follow these women, that there are amazing women that are investors, entrepreneurs, graphic designers, business consultants that are women of color, but we've never even given them a chance. When you don't even give people a chance to come to the table, how can they even have an opportunity to step up, right? It's like a ladder. It's like if someone's already starting down the ladder and you don't even make way for them to climb up the ladder and you're just blocking the ladder, well, how are you ever going to hear about them getting to the top because you've been blocking the ladder the whole time? That's the way I'm thinking of this is when I go to evaluate someone on a, a panel or a partnership, 
have they had multiple people represented because it's important, right? We need people from different backgrounds and cultures. I don't want to hear from a bunch of white women 24-7, even though that's the messaging I've been consuming. I'm starting to realize like how silly like to not want to hear multiple people's perspectives when that's the whole reason I wanted to travel was to start hearing about different cultures and food and all the different ways people grew up. So why would I not want the same exact thing for brand partnerships or business opportunities? So that's something that I'm working on. I would also like to support more people of color by um, amplifying their content on my platform, whether that's regramming them, whether that's having them in my Facebook group or posting on um, IG Live and doing an interview, whatever the case is, there's a lot of different ways to do that, but also purchasing directly from them. I have seen the cutest merchandise, I've seen the best online courses, the best coaches, and those are things that I just, again, I had blind spots to it. Like, yeah, I didn't really, like, why have I never worked with a black coach or invested in courses and uh, purchased masterclasses? Like, these are all things that I'm purchasing right now to better my entrepreneurial journey, so why haven't I taken time to look at other people that don't look like me when they have just, if not, they just they have just as much, if not better experience. So that's something that I'm actively working on is purchasing directly from them, okay? That's important too. If you're buying a book, try not to buy it from Amazon because you're gonna be buying from a straight, white privileged man that is like gonna be the world's first trillionaire, right? Why don't we buy directly from a black owned bookstore or if the person has it on their website, buy it directly from them and put the money in their pocket. I also would like to donate a percentage of my monthly income to organizations that create major impact. And some of those that I've seen that I would really like to donate to are Color of Change and the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Color of Change has made such an impact. I actually heard that they um, had Zoom hire, the impact they made ended up having Zoom hire diversity coach that is now helping fight cyberbullying against black people. I was like, that's amazing. That's what organizations like that were built to do. So if we can fund them, then that's exactly what they can do. They can do their job better, right? They can amplify what they're doing. Minnesota Freedom Fund bails people out, either protesters or people that are like wrongly in jail and gets people out of jail that should not be there and don't have the financial funds to get out. But there's also organizations that they support within their fund as well. So again, these are the things I'm using that does not mean you need to go do it. You should go look up these organizations. You should go see who owns them. You should go see what they stand for. Like you might hear that and be like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to help this? Why would you want to do this? Because it's my opinion. It's literally my opinion, just like the way you choose to donate to your resources and buy back up your beliefs and your values you're going to have that opinion, right? And you're going to be like, yeah, that's my opinion. I stand by that. So why would I think, why would I challenge you on that? Those are your beliefs and you want to do that. So again, I'm sharing this because it's what I'm doing. And I just want you to hear from me organizations that I would like to help out. I eventually would like to create some type of mentorship or scholarship or grant program. I'm figuring out how that looks because I'm going to be launching a lot of online courses and masterclasses coming up. And it's really important for me to recognize people's um, income levels and financial situations. They're not always going to be the same for, again, certain biases. And I want to be able to make sure that everyone has the chance to um, work on, on the things that I'm putting out. Books that I'm reading are Me and White Supremacy, 
That one is one that has been highly recommended. Apparently, everyone that's read it said this should be taught in schools. That's how powerful it is. And I'm going to be doing the workbook. Apparently, there's a workbook that comes with it, and you should do it with a friend. So I'm going to be doing that with a friend. I've heard other books that people are really loving um, to help with this issue are Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race and White Fragility. Now, I know what I'm saying that some of you might be thinking, why would I read a book that basically sounds like it's talking shit about my race? That is white fragility. (laughs) That is where I'm talking about dropping your ego. I don't think of myself, I don't think people think Chelsea read white supremacists, but now I'm learning that I'm in this world Everyone has a feeling of superiority if you're white and grew up in America based on the messaging that we took in, especially if you're millennial. You cannot deny that based on the ads, based on the podcasts we consume, the books we read, the movies we watch, the stores that we go to, the brands we buy from. Like This is just an inherent thing, right? At this point, I don't look at anybody and think, oh, they're not racist. I know that everyone has this. I'm thinking of my nicest, kindest friends on planet Earth right now. And I know I would never go out and be like, that person's a white supremacist. But I know, but because of where we grew up and how we grew up and the way we were raised, that naturally you're going to have that bias in you. So at this point to me, it's like everyone is. Now it's just time to undo the work or do the work, but undo the, the learnings of it, right? Of the way we grew up, undo that, unlearning the systems that we were brought up in. Shows that I'm hearing are amazing to watch are 13th on Netflix. And actually, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Netflix. Um, There's one I think called like Dear White People. There's another one. I actually think Netflix just came out with a new one all about Black Lives Matter. So there's a ton of resources out there right now. And my point is with this podcast, again, to be clear on where I stand, to give a little bit more thought and opinion so you guys understand where I'm coming from, to share what I'm planning on doing with the podcast moving forward and to talk about sustainable change. So if you were someone like me that was overwhelmed a few weeks ago, like in a a hot mess, could not even like get out of bed, was so confused, was feeling like overwhelmed, like I had to change the world overnight, then I had to take a step back and say, no, it's just 1% better every day. So I just wanna encourage you to be 1% better every day. Even if you wake up and you're like, I'm just gonna, I don't know, DM, Um, a brand or a company or a sponsor of someone that I don't agree with, whatever it is. Or if you're like, I'm just going to read an article today. I'm going to read one chapter of a book. I'm going to read a black content creator's Instagram post and like it and reshare it on my story. That's 1% better than the day before, right? So that's my goal now is to be 1% better every day. And I hope you could see the underlying message through all this too, was to drop your ego and realize that you will never, ever, ever please anybody or everybody, and if we did and there was a blueprint for it, we would all have it and we would be following it, right? So just do what's right in your heart. I don't want to encourage you to support something like this if you don't support it. That's not what I'm saying. I also don't want you to speak up if you think you're um, not educated enough to speak on it. I I would start by educating yourself, like reading about it, reading articles, listening to podcasts, consuming the content of people that are uh, creating stuff specifically for this movement paying black educators, right? I would start there because that's always a pretty good place to start if you're going to stand up for something is educating yourself on it. So that goes back to the 1% better every day, dropping the ego, and just asking yourself, what am I fighting for? Am I fighting for something that that I truly believe in? Or am I fighting for something because it's on social media? And where does my ego come into play with all this? And where do my beliefs come into play? 
So that's just something to think about as we end this podcast is where do you stand? Why? Think about your values and beliefs and just try to be 1% better every day. This is true for anything. This doesn't even go for this movement, whether this is your own mindset, your own self-esteem, your confidence, just 1% better every day. Try to do something that's different and you'll start to see change. And that's what helped me realize is like, if even one person listens to this and is like, this is really helpful, thank you. And then that one person goes and tells two people and those two people tell four people and those four people tell eight people, you can see how this is a ripple effect, right? If everyone was doing something and changed one person's mind, that's how we see change. So don't get overwhelmed. I know it's really hard with social media and the news, but just try to be 1% better every day. I obviously have the luxury of, of, um, talking behind a microphone right now and not having to deal with people in person or see people's reactions um there you know i'll see reactions after this but i i wanted to just do it because it was important to me to talk about it and if i didn't believe i had to do it and if i didn't believe in what i was fighting for again i would have just skipped it and not done it and done something else but that's what it feels like for me to be in alignment right now and be true to myself. I know there's probably family members listening to this that don't agree with this. I know I probably have best friends that listening are, are listening and don't agree with this. I probably have old coworkers that are like, what the hell is Chelsea talking about? And I'm okay with that because I'm living in alignment and my truth. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. We'll go ahead and end on that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any thoughts about this, if you want to talk, again, I am totally open to conversations about this. I would love to have a healthy conversation. I would love to hear resources that you guys have found helpful. I would love to hear specifically, especially from black coaches and content creators and courses and people that are in the spiritual world, because that is something I heavily invest in is self-development and spirituality. So if you are someone that's listening or know someone that you want to recommend, I would love to support people of color in that field and um, tune into podcasts that are also in this field as well. So just reach out to me. Again, I'm all ears. I don't have an ego around this. It's just something I believe. So it, it won't bother me if you disagree and you want to let me know. I'm, all, I'm so open to talking about it. So if you want to follow along on my uh, journey on Instagram, you can follow non-expert opinion pod or Chelsea Rife. You can rate and review and subscribe. You can write into hello at minonexpertopinion.com. And I am actually leaning into mindset and manifestation coaching. I've had a few clients already and I'm launching a group program in about a month or so. It's called From Chaos to Confidence. And we'll talk about this because I feel like the confidence I've built has allowed me to speak up for issues like this. And if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to my Facebook group, which is Reframe Your Mindset to Change Your Life. And I'll link all these resources below, including the organizations I called out, the black educators I called out, the books, the, the shows, the podcasts. I will link all of it because that was my goal when I, when I took a step back was to start sharing actionable, actionable, tangible takeaways that you guys could learn from. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week.